Welcome to Your Thought Life Podcast. I am your host, Michael Anderson. I am professionally trained in cognitive behavior therapy and neuro-linguistic programming. I help people overcome mindset challenges. If you're new to this podcast, welcome. If you're a returning guest, welcome. If you haven't already, do subscribe and follow the podcast so you don't miss any of the episodes that are released on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast. The dark side of meditating incorrectly is the topic for today. From a psychological perspective, meditation is a practice that involves us focusing all of our attention and eliminating the thoughts that keep reoccurring and attempting to garner our attention to throw us off track into some other state or perhaps into a typical pattern of behavior. There are various forms of meditation. The effects of meditation can be profound when the techniques that we share on this podcast are followed correctly. We're going to go over those in just a moment. But there is a dark side family to the meditative practice when done incorrectly. And it can lead to some very significant negative outcomes. And of course, you know, I do not want that for you. Let's define meditation that is done correctly and meditation that is done incorrectly. When we are meditating correctly, we are putting our bodies and our minds under subjection. It is a disciplinary act where we sit down somewhere quiet and peaceful where we can have uninterrupted, quiet, quality time with ourselves. We're thinking about one thing only. It could be a variety of things. The rise and fall of your chest, your heartbeat, some specific sound that emanates from your home, your apartment, from your town home. Whatever it is, it's one thing and one thing only, and you stay fixated on that for some period of time, typically 10 to 20 minutes when we're first starting off. Over time, you will crave more meditative time because that's when some of the most profound thoughts are going to drop into your heart and into your mind, into your spirit. There's these 10 to 20 minutes initially where we're really focused on a single thing, let's just say the heart rate. As you're focusing your attention and you're doing your breathing to get to a point where you can feel your heart beating, things are attempting to pop into your mind. And as they pop into your mind, our encouragement here is that you have a journal handy. You write those down and then you say to yourself, I understand that you're concerned about whatever it was you just wrote down. You write that down and then you go right back to your focal point. Whatever that is, here we said it's going to be the heartbeat. Something else pops in your head and you write that down. And you keep doing that process until you get it all out of your system. It takes a while. You won't master this in one or two outings. It's going to take you some time. That depends on the person. Through this disciplinary process, you're telling the body and the mind both that you are in charge of them. You call the shots. When you do this, there is an 
100% likelihood that for the rest of the day, your thoughts will be in check. Now, that's a huge advantage for anyone who suffers from automatic negative thoughts, has a bias toward being glass half empty, who suffers from anxiety, who has trouble with stick to itness. All of these things can be addressed effectively with the correct style of meditation that I just described for you. Now, what about incorrect meditation? What about that? Well, think of it like this. If you are in a state where an automatic negative thought is entered into your mind, you miss the opportunity that exists between stimulus and response. What's going to happen if you miss the opportunity? That's correct. You're absolutely right. You're going to continue thinking about it. Then after you have thought about it for a while, your body is going to check in and go, wow, we're really riled up about something. Something is really captivating our attention. What is it? Oh, I know exactly what that is. Now the body is engaged. I know exactly what that is. I've seen this chemical cocktail before called an emotion called a feeling. Let me tap into the subconscious to see if he has recollection of this. And now here come a flood of memories that go with whatever this automatic negative thought is suggesting at the point where this cycle that I just described has gone full circle. You are meditating on the wrong thing. Maybe it's not this. Maybe it's you've got a test tomorrow. You have an exam tomorrow. You have a presentation tomorrow. Today, you're sitting there thinking about everything that could go wrong. And then you enter into this cycle. The positive meditation, you would capture the window between stimulus and response and you would cut it off at the root. Therefore, it can no longer grow or fester. If you do it incorrectly, what's going to occur naturally is you're going to think about it think about it a little more body's going to check in note how you're responding to this single idea this single thought it's going to start to make the proteins for you that equal what you have felt like this in the past here comes the rush of memories to go with it and now you are in a cyclical pattern where some people say i feel stuck Yes, this is how it occurs. Today, with that as the backdrop, what is it that we can do to release ourselves from the dark side of meditating incorrectly? Number one, when we feel ourselves ruminating on the negative thoughts, on the thoughts that are glass half full, on the thoughts that don't serve us, on low-level vibrations, we're going to then take that energy, those thoughts, those emotions. We're going to stop reinforcing them with all of the thought, with all of the fear, with all of the anxiety. And instead of observing these thoughts, we're just going to let them pass. We're going to catch that moment between stimulus and response. And we're going to say to ourselves before all of this checking in, takes place with the body and the subconscious, and we're going to say, hey, 
right now, there's an opportunity for us to change states from this great place we're in to a not-so-great place. We choose not to do that today, or any day for that matter going forward. We're going to let those thoughts simply pass with that brief little conversation. And if we find that the thought persists, we're going to say it again with just a little bit more force. When I say we're going to say it, it should be audible. It doesn't have to be like you're having a conversation with someone who is three feet away from you. It should be just loud enough where you can hear yourself give your being this command. Again, if you don't have to say it four times, you should say it four times until it cease. You have to take control of these ruminating negative emotions. If we don't do this, we're going to remain in a focal state that doesn't help us with what we need to do for the day. We're going to expend unnecessary emotional capital and all of those low-level feelings, sadness, guilt, anxiety, stress, all of those things are going to enter in and create for us a cocktail that we don't want to drink. Instead of experiencing the intended benefits that go with good, wholesome, correctly executed meditation, we get this other feeling that is akin to this cyclical pattern that harms us and it doesn't help us. Number two is what we call confirmation bias. Unlike ruminating on negative thoughts, confirmation bias is very subtle. You kind of got to be in the space a little while and you've kind of got to get to know yourself to see this play out. This bias occurs when we select or selectively pay attention to information that aligns with our beliefs and expectations. If someone approaches meditation with a negative mindset, they might unconsciously focus on aspects of their experience that confirm their negative beliefs about themselves, their abilities, and the effectiveness of meditation. When this plays out, family, it reinforces the feeling of inadequacy or skepticism about the practice hindering the potential for a positive change. To avoid doing this, again, we've got to really take time to understand ourselves, to know what makes us tick. We've got to write that down in the journal. We have to prioritize all of the things that we see. And over time, we need to become new versions of ourselves that are free from those issues that we have prioritized and written down in our journal. If you haven't seen that episode, I suggest that you take a listen. It's blessed an enormous number of people. Think about number three, where we have this hypo-awareness sensation. Certain meditation techniques encourage us to tune into bodily sensation or to cultivate what we call a present moment awareness. I teach that as well. I want you to be right here in the present where all of your energy is. Now, if you do this incorrectly, you start to obsess over the wrong types of things 
What if I don't do it right? What if I get criticism? Are those people over there whispering about me? These are the types of things or these heightened senses that are done incorrectly that can really hurt an individual. When this is done incorrectly or excessively, it leads to heightened awareness for sure, but then it leads to discomfort. It leads to bodily sensations or the attention on bodily sensations that aren't in the realm of positivity. They're in the realm of distress, discomfort, uneasiness. Again, low-level vibrations, things that don't serve us. We have to be very careful with what we're focusing on and having this heightened sense of awareness and heightened awareness of sensation. Because again, if we interpret what's taking place in the body and we do so incorrectly, we've just created a set of circumstances for ourselves where we now have increased tension. We have an abundance of anxiety. We can no longer relax. And in doing those things, we turn up the cortisol to real high levels, which makes all of our judgments at that point very cloudy and difficult for us to negotiate. These are not the sensations that go with a good, positive, well-constructed, correctly meditative state or meditation practice. Think about the suppression of thoughts and emotions as number four. Lots of people do this. They just stuff it, try to push it to the side. Well, that doesn't work. Forcefully suppressing thoughts and emotions either during or after meditation just creates more resistance for you. It's like the equivalent of an internal struggle, but it's between you and you. That doesn't work, and it never will. So instead of allowing thoughts to pass and those emotions to pass and speaking to them in the way that we've said today, what tends to occur is we become frustrated. We started to act out because we've got all of this bad stuff bundled up on the inside of us with no outlet. Again, another phenomenal recipe for stress. And we know that these bodies of ours were not meant to harbor stress. They're not designed for it. Whether we're suppressing these emotions or thoughts inside of meditation or outside, either way, they possess a tremendous opportunity to backfire and create for us circumstances that we don't want. Finally, number five is perfectionism. I struggled immensely with this one, being a type A person. When approaching meditation with a perfectionism mindset where we're literally striving for this ideal experience or outcome, this generates even higher levels of stress, frustration, disdain, and the like. Meditation is a practice that evolves over time. It's normal to have frustration when you're learning how to focus and experience all that meditation has to offer. Setting unrealistically high standards for each meditation session 
that'll lead to disappointment and self-criticism, and it really undermines the process and all the benefits that are available if we're to stick to it. Here's how you mitigate it. Approach meditation with an open, self-compassionate, and willingness to go through whatever you're going to go through to learn this tool, to learn this practice, and that's going to create for you experience. The more experience you have family doing this and practical time executing it, the easier it's going to become. If you find that negative thoughts or emotions are still dominating your meditative sessions, you may have to seek additional guidance from, you know, a licensed therapist to help you through some of these things. And that's perfectly fine. By no means can you forget that meditation, it's a skill that requires practice and patience. It's okay to encounter some challenges along the way. So don't expect to be perfect. Whether you're ruminating on negative thoughts or have an issue with confirmation bias, a hyper-awareness to sensations, suppression of thoughts and emotions, or perfectionism, we have unpacked that today, and you know now what you can do to overcome these. As you go out with your homework for today, and that is to begin looking through your meditation practice for any of these culprits and removing them, please remember that it's going to take you time to master this. Take the time to practice day after day, at least five days a week. Be okay with making some mistakes. Be okay with being a little annoyed that it's not going as fast as it's going, but then let those go. Let those thoughts go. Let those feelings go. By changing your disposition and becoming irritable, upset, angry, anxious, you are now entering into a space where you can create patterns that your subconscious and your body know far better than you do. That whole I'm stuck pattern, that whole dark side of meditation is able to rear its ugly head put you in a place where you can't do what it is you desire to do. To counter these pitfalls, remember, this is a non-judgmental tool. It's okay to seek guidance and practice self-compassion. This skill demands that you be patient. And if you will be patient, the benefits will certainly outweigh all of the irritability that you may find early on trying to focus on one single thing. I know you can do it. I know you got this. I have total 100% confidence in you. Thank you for tuning in. And that's going to conclude this episode. I am appreciative of your time and attention. Add comments about this episode to our Instagram page, Your Thought Life, Y-O-R Thought Life, no spaces. And thanks for leaving a comment. I want to remind you that you are enough You can do it. You are uniquely equipped to realize your goals. Until next time, take care and be safe.